And I believe we are live now. What is going on, guys? And welcome to the hottest Xbox show on Sunday nights, the Xbox Roundtable Podcast. This is episode number 153. I'm your host, Invader, and I'm hyped to get into all the Xbox talk and so much more from around the industry. Heck, you know what? I'm still feeling the after effects of last week's bloody industry-shaking announcement. But hey, you know what? We got a lot of good stuff to discuss tonight. And of course, before we get into all the topics, let me introduce everybody on the panel. And tonight with us, we're joined by a guy that's extremely well-known on the Xbox podcast scene. He's known for his explosive commentary. Get ready and make some noise. Please welcome Noof Nukem. How you doing, bud? <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> and I'm good, man. It is boom, boom, kaboom. Noof Nukem is in the room. TXR, we are ready to roll. Lots of topics, and I am always honored and grateful to be here. Thanks for the invitation, guys. It's going to be a lit show, and I'm sure the uh, the chat, they're in for a good one. So uh, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, of course, brother, of course. Always a good time with Nuke Nukem here, of course. Uh yeah, guys, let's get on to the TXR regulars. I'll start with Eric Shockley. Shock, how you been, bud? Uh, pretty good. Been uh, starting some Doom Eternal. I don't think I, yeah, didn't play Doom 2016. I somehow missed that one. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I played a Doom game ever. But uh, what? I think it was... Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> Well, I think it was back then when, uh, what, Doom 3 came out, but I was on, like, playing Riddick a bunch, so similar type of game. Plus, that game I heard, like, back in the day that you had to choose between having your gun out or a flashlight out, so I think it kind of, I want to say it scared me, but it was just like, yeah, yeah, I'm not into that. (laughs) But, yeah, this game's been pretty sick, so uh, it's been harder to play it on the xCloud with the Kishi because... Um, just because you can't use like with I'll use my Elite Pro or Elite Series 2 controller so I can move this, both sticks and you know kill or do melees at the same time so it makes it a little bit easier to move so I think that's the only game I've had issues with playing with that like Switch like controller but Shock but yeah, I, cool. Shock I played Doom Eternal uh, using the Dex functionality on my you know from phone to tv and i could say i was really surprised on how responsive it was uh oh, yeah, for those of you great well for those of you who don't know you can dex your samsung phone um on your tv and use it like a personal computer the uh the game pass application works using your kishi um uh, and, and just displayed on your TV, and I was really surprised on how well it works. I mean, we're talking—you can play. I have a seventy-inch uh, TV, and it's—it was natively on, on my, uh, you know, on my TV, uh, full screen, uh, using the Dex uh, application. So, for those of you who haven't tried it out yet, I suggest you do so because it's—it's a nice technology, especially it, it, the days of having an Xbox are. are almost over you know i mean it's just it's that kind of environment that we live in now so it was, I was just really impressed how smooth yeah. it was i was playing it through x cloud and especially right? a game like doom that you need to be really res- quick you know twitch shooter and yep it felt great i really didn't notice 
any lag or anything even when it like like that little uh radar bar would come up because if i was trying to use a like cellular um so you've so you've also dexed your phone to your tv using xcloud Uh, I have not done that. Okay. I've dexed my okay. phone before. I tried it out like once when you brought it up one time, but I didn't. I was playing it just on the Kishi, like in the in the bedroom. Yeah, so just... try it out using the application now, and you're going to be blown away. You're gonna be like, <laughs> okay, it's like having a, another Xbox on in your room. You don't even need one. Sweet. Yeah. Mm. Well, shock! You're blowing my mind right now. Not even playing the uh, 2016 Doom. That one. That one was great. And you know what? If I gotta tell you, Doom Eternal is such a fun ride from beginning to end. You will love the crap out of it, my friend. Alright, moving on. Uh, Since we heard his voice, Jeremy, how's things over in uh, the wide open countryside? What's going on, my Canadian brother from another mother? How's everybody doing? Hope everybody had a great weekend. Um, I did some gaming this weekend. Uh, I played... A little game called The Suicide of Rachel Foster. Um, it just so happens to take place in Montana, which is kind of, you know, it's funny because I live in Montana, but um, that's what kind of drew me in initially. But it's basically a walking simulator slash horror game. But it's not your like your typical horror game. Um, it's more of like a psychological one. Uh, you take the role of a female character um, but without giving like too much information, she now owns like a, a hotel in Montana that, uh, you know, your father died in the process and you inherited it. And then tragedy happens, you know, when uh, I think uh, it was a young woman uh, the father had an affair with. And you find out that uh, the girl that committed suicide could be alive. And, you know, obviously the hotel is haunted in the process. But it's not like your uh, your boo scare, your jump scares. It's not like that. It's more like you hear noises and you see doors close. It's stuff like that. So it kind of plays tricks on the mind. But um, yeah, I see. I see, it's twenty bucks right now, and uh, it's a good game. I really enjoyed the story. So that was my uh, my week in a nutshell. Nice, nice. Kicking off October in a very proper fashion, I might add. Uh, Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, like I'll admit I didn't get to much gaming uh, so far this weekend. Uh, Maybe after the show I'll get to some. But yeah, definitely in a creepy kind of scary game mood for sure. But hey, you know what? That's my bag too. I like scary games, uh, stuff that like, you know, it's kind of creepy. All right, moving down the list here. Centurion. Hey, buddy, how you been? I'm doing good, doing good. Um, finally had some time to create some videos, um, play some games. Just looking forward to tonight's show and talking about Xbox. Am I the only person that checked out Star Wars Squadrons? Yeah, I, I mean, I have no faith in EA anymore. But, I mean, you say mm-hmm. it's good, so I might give it a shot. But at this point, I don't know at, yet. At- at this point, I think the campaign is longer than what you got for Battlefront 2. <laughs> and it was 40 bucks. That's not saying much. <laughs> oh, that, I know that's not saying, but to me, I'm finding the campaign actually pretty uh, pretty interesting. It's got a good story, at least for me. Um, but definitely, I, I was kind of shocked at, I was like, oh my God, is the campaign actually going to be longer than Battlefront 2? 
I bought it. I bought it and just started playing today. I, th- I think it's pretty good. I mean, if you, if you like Star Wars and you like uh, games like Rogue Squadron, or you like any of the flying segments from the older games, then uh, this is going to be right up your alley. It just looks absolutely magnificent, and uh, it's a real treat if you happen to have it on PlayStation because you can play the whole thing in VR. So that's the one thing I actually want to check out is the VR because. Um, I like how they made it to where, you know, there's not much when it comes to character customization, mm-hmm. but ship customization, I mean, you can like deck out the interiors of these ships and that's where the VR situation is going to come in. And, uh, definitely, uh, I think it's just a really cool concept. I wasn't too sure about this game getting into it. I was like, oh my God, this could be like a wasted 40 bucks, but here it goes. And I- I'm actually very pleasantly surprised. Why would you want to customize your character in a flight game? Let me let me just ask you the question. <laughs> well, it goes beyond that because there is parts where, like in the multiplayer, you are posed in front of your ship. Um, you um, customize your ship, obviously, including the exterior and the interior. But kind of the stuff, like for your character, it's like different colored helmets or different kind of colored suits. Mm. And it just kind of, it's barely there because it's real quick. You barely see it. Um, But definitely, um, I'm just enjoying the fact that they put a lot more customization into the ships. And I mean, you could, I mean, like I saw one customization where it was like C3PO's head up on a plaque. Nice. So and I was yeah. I was taking a look at those cockpit views, man. That's super detailed. I was like, what in the world? Yeah. Dude, the graphics you're getting because it's only having to display out the windows. But the funny part is, you know, you each ship has its own feel. So I haven't I mean, I'm enjoying the amount of detail that they put into this game and the, what you have to do to like move power from one system to another. It's all about the cockpit sliders, man. All right. <laughs> oh boy. Well, like, I mean, and no microtransactions, right? <laughs> I haven't got dug that deep in to look for them. Um, let's just say they're unintrusive if they're there. Mm. Keyword yet, but uh, oh, EA, EA is known for slipping them in after the fact. Noof, did you want to make a joke on that one? <laughs> yeah, EA comes in pretty greasy. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter, you know, from the the top, the bottom, left, right, uh, they just come at you all of a sudden and they'll sneak it in. But uh <laughs> but you know what guys, like I it's a funny thing is I love these types of games, these like uh piloting games, you know, you're out with a squadron. But it just I'm kind of with Jeremy on this. I just I, I don't trust EA just because of uh, I'm afraid of a lack of content because, you know, we've been burned with previous Star Wars games before, or at least uh, a good portion of them. Anyways, it's not even just Star Wars games. There's a few of their titles are just lackluster. Look at bloody Battlefield five. But uh, so I, I'm I'm kind of skeptical on it. But, you know, hearing you guys say that you've tried it out for a bit and saying that it does have. You know, a, a decent chunk of content so far that had that does give me hope so I, I may have to look at it i mean hopefully it comes to uh EA see, play. at this point i it's can only say 55 I paid... bucks canadian and it's not even that bad mm. see at this point i could say i paid 70 bucks for the uh trooper the elite trooper edition of battlefront 2 and i feel like i've gotten more content out of uh what's it called battle i mean this one um squadrons just because the story is longer and i'm I don't know. I feel like uh, I'm kind of the multiplayer is definitely not a lot of PVP. 
there's like one PvP mode, and the rest of it is, uh, I guess if you want to call it hordes, but it's uh, basically kind of like take the hill. Mm. Wait, not PvP. What the fuck? Take the hill without the hill. All right. Well, they call it like battle cruiser defeat. It's basically you got to capture the opposing side's battle cruiser, but it's okay. um, you and. <laughs> If there's enough people in the lobby, it will be you with actual people on your side um, against AI. But if there's not enough people, it will fill in uh, the squadron with AI on your side as well. Because okay. that's what I enjoyed in Battlefront too is like some of the PvP. Like I oh, there's a do- there's a do- there's a dogfight part. It straight up tells oh, okay. you dogfight, um, and that one is just basically uh, you know free for all. Okay. Cool. You know, I'm hoping when uh, the Star Wars contract is up with EA that Microsoft does something now with them, uh, with the studios that they have. You know, that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Uh, that is for sure, Jeremy. Uh, just a heads up. Uh, Tim Dog and Megatron may or may not be joining us this evening, but uh, just stay tuned. You may hear their voices pop in at some point. All right, guys, we will move on to the first topic of the evening. And we got to start off with this because there's been a lot of models going around, Xbox Series X and S consoles. Microsoft has given select outlets, YouTubers, and influencers Xbox Series X and S demo models. Of course, we're now in October and a month away from console releases, so Microsoft wants to start really kicking the marketing into gear. And basically, from the various hands-on demos being done, there's a lot of positivity, I find, coming from them, showcasing the different features of the new consoles. Noof Buddy, I would like to start with you first on this one. I'll give you the honor. Um, what's your takeaway from all these hands-on previews? Do you do they get you excited for the new Xbox uh, Series X and S? Absolutely, but the only thing I'm not excited about is I may have to go buy a new entertainment cabinet <laughs> because uh, this console is a little bit on the bulky side. Um, you know, so I, well, no, I think I'll be able to fit it in my cabinet. Probably have to put it down uh, horizontally, but uh, no, all jokes aside, uh, what I've seen of it so far, uh, the console looks magnificent. I mean, the holy moly, the the boot up time alone, like compared to what we've gotten used to, is just insane. I mean, from a cold start to whatever, I think it takes like what now? Is it thirty? 30 seconds or even less than that or something like that. What, what is it? I, 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 you guys probably get the stats, but it is su- super quick, um, you know, and, and seeing the instant resume on games, people popping through old games. Larry Herb was talking about it and how he, you know, quickly went into like some old game that he had from a long time ago and picked up right where he left off and all those sorts of things and seeing the backwards compatible, some of the enhancements and, and seeing some of the older games now run at, you know, uh, at least a full 60. And these are some of the games that aren't even actually optimized they're just games that uh, are hardware accelerated right out of the box kind of thing so uh, it's a very exciting time especially if you got a back catalog of games and you're working on them or maybe it was an older game that you just never got into and now you're going to check it out for the first time um, you know you're, you're going to see some real big benefits there it only makes me wonder how good some of the you know the actual you know next gen supposed titles are going to look and play uh, when when they, they come out and they get their hands on with that which i think the uh, 
I think the what do you call it the the thing comes down on the fifteenth or something like that. So so hopefully people got some of those games. And there's been a lot of people with the Xbox. Like I said, there's a wide gauntlet. You got the media types, you got the influencers, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so far the feedback's been extremely positive. I don't really know if I've seen anybody really highlight anything that they didn't like. They say the machine is quiet. Uh, like I said, it looks it looks good. Um, you know, the controller is refined and, and feels amazing. Mm-hmm. And like I said, all of those games are just booting up super fast. Uh, I know they went back, they showed some stuff. I watched some video, like even like the old GTA uh, 4, I think it was. And how mm-hmm. now it, it looks better, but it also runs at like, you know, it's a steady 60 frames a second. Uh, and we all know that, you know, everybody does love 60 frames uh, w- when you can get it. And that sort of stuff, it just makes the games very fluid and it doesn't take you out of the experience like games that consistently drop frame rates all the time and feel like they're slowing down and chugging. So, hey, I've been playing Switch games lately and I know all about, uh, you know, games that just all of a sudden kind of hit the brick wall and it's like, oh, I'm walking against the wind all of a sudden. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, yeah. But no, so far the response has been outstanding. You know, Noof, we've known the key features in the Xbox for a while now. So in terms of like seeing the key features in action it doesn't really get me excited i think the thing that really gets me excited new is the reality of having this bad boy in my home as we get closer to launch but you know phil spoke about transparency and you know we're but we're sony we're sony in this and i mean correct me if i'm wrong sony has yet to come out and explain or show anything i mean so if you're a customer on the fence about what system to get, I definitely take that into consideration. But for sure, the reductions in load times are very important to me as a gamer. You know, the back compat is very important to myself because I own 1,200. I own physically, own, not physically, but digitally own uh, 1,200 games now. So mm-hmm. with the acquisition of ZeniMax, I'm all in on Xbox. There is no PlayStation in my book so which that exactly the reason why i canceled my playstation 5 pre-order which means all my resources are going to be spent on xbox for sure so Downer i'm happy about it drinking the yeah. kool-aid he is bathing <laughs> it. so but yeah i mean correct me if i'm wrong we're sony they have it we're a month to go and they haven't shown anything to my knowledge, we don't even know how to update the. I don't know. I saw videos of some blonde-haired, blonde-haired uh, Asian influencer today uh, showing an off blowing into the controller and making a little dude jump around. I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Wait too. a minute! Nobody else got excited over that. <laughs> all right, I, I, I'll be right back. I gotta go take down a, a tweet. <laughs> Oh man! I, I'm just trying to imagine people trying to upgrade the memory in the or the upgrade the uh, SSD in there, and I'm just thinking like how you're gonna pry off. I don't know how easy it's gonna be, but it sounds like you have to pry off that big ass panel. I feel They'll like pry. someone's gonna snap it in half or something. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of like a PC tower where you just kind of probably pop two screws and one side of it probably comes off pretty easily. Yeah. Well, we all know that ponies are dumb, so they're going to definitely break their system. So Dude, that's ponies my have been that. having to break out a tool set for years to change out their hard drive. They've already got they've already got stuff to do this. 
<laughs> I can picture some dude trying to peel the fucking sides off to get the disc in, not realizing there's no tray or something, right? Like, be like, oh, I think you got to lift the side <laughs> off of this thing. Then, and then mom, and then mom goes, oh, son, you uh-huh. have the digital con. You have the digital. Dude, con. I wonder, how, <laughs> is that something we got to look forward to in the future, like on eBay or on some crazy mod website that somebody builds some kind of mod that goes into the digital PS5 to make it a disc PS5? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've already heard rumblings that I'm possibly making like uh, like the portable disk drives like you used to be able to get for your PCs without them and stuff and just plug it into the USB. So, mm, yeah, I don't know about that. But yeah, there's some really exciting stuff on the Xbox side. The whole, like even Quick Resume, for example, you're literally changing like six or seven games suspended at the same time, flipping mm. back and forth. I saw it instantly, and everybody's raving about that. Um, like I, I know we can sort of do it on a limited scale on the Xbox One, but it's like basically if I switch between another game, sometimes I'll that that game will bloody crash in an instant or whatever app I other app I have open. Mm. So if this works like as well as what they're saying, that like that has me excited, and even it even works with the backwards compatible games from what I understand as well. Yeah, yep. you know I'm not really interested in that feature. I don't know. I, I don't know too many people that like to switch from game to game i mean i guess if i mean i like to concentrate on one game yeah on a couple games but i like to concentrate when i'm playing games i like to concentrate on one game and that's it i guess i am a freak of nature (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah dude i play like four or five games simultaneously i just rotate out on how i feel that day yeah, I'm excited for that auto HDR. I saw uh, Kevin Kinson, uh, he was playing a Panzer Dragoon uh, Orta with the uh, auto HDR on. So mm-hmm. nice. excited to try some of those OG Xbox games. But... Yeah, but what does this say for our backlogs? It actually makes, makes us look forward to our backlogs even more because now we're going to get uh, you know, some games that are going to uh, be uh, a little bit more better than what we would have got on the Xbox One X even. Yeah. Frame mm-hmm. rates and all, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and you still get the benefits with the S, right? It's just you don't get the 4K experience, pretty much, right? Yeah, right. the the S is a fourteen forty machine. Yeah, mm, yeah. Some people but are even, confused even by even that. that. Oh, I'll leave it. That's pretty exciting. I mean, you know, if you're getting your first console, getting your first Xbox, and you're going to get that super fast uh, solid state drive, and and still get a lot of those benefits, right? Yeah, no, yeah, you- absolutely. And to a family looking for uh, affordability and value, that's definitely a plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just even the backwards compatibility, too. You, you talked about the improvements over the uh, 1X, for example. You know, just seeing the frame rates just at a steady 60 uh, frames per second over, like, uh, the 1X kind of chugging along there with some, uh, some older titles. Like, I saw... Oh, what was it, Rise of the Tomb Raider? And it was just at a steady 60 frames per second. It looked really solid there. And just the stuff that it's doing to these, what were large games this gen are just like, it's just making it seem like it's nothing. You know, this this bloody system is a beast. Like, it is really impressive what they're doing here. And I just... Now, they really need to show... Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, go right ahead, man. Uh, I was just going to say that the one thing they, they do need to uh, address is to actually do sh- show offs uh, like a new game, which people are asking for, um, that not like a backwards compatible game, but an actual new one for like uh, Cyberpunk, whenever they get past that, you know, whole crunch phase, they do need to make maybe a TV spot or something showing off 
Xbox Series X running Cyberpunk with, you know, with at least as much of an optimization as it can have to really kind of show off, okay, here's what this, you know, the power in this thing can do. Because Sony is showing that with some of its games. So I think that's the only misstep that they have right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, speaking of Cyberpunk, guys, uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, uh, Cyberpunk, the devs uh, basically said that, you know, they're kind of breaking a promise that, you know, the empl- they didn't want to do crunch originally, you know, this whole it's an industry thing where, you know, crunch is kind of, uh, well, it's prevalent to say the least, and the employees are working six days a week, extra hours just to make the Cyberpunk 27, uh, 2077 November 19th release date. Do you guys think uh, this game gets pushed back or it stays on track? Nah, I think it stays on track. Stays but on I track. mean, people people are freaking out of a month of work. I mean, come on. They're working, they get five days off or whatever during that month. And it's only a month. I mean, I remember going <laughs> a lot longer than a month working straight days, but um you know i don't know why everyone's making a big deal out of it yeah mm-hmm. no, somebody made a good point on like you know uh you know it was out maybe a stretch but you know look at football players you know you have <laughs> like tom brady he's gonna go in there and he's gonna you know crunch essentially and you know put in as many hours as he can to make sure when he goes to play on sunday because you only got like that one game or like you know a certain a short time you know, frame to get everything done, you know, to cash in on this holiday season. That's mm. if they release in February, then they're going to make a lot less money, a lot less sales. So, I mean, as long as they're compensated, which they're saying they will be, then I have no problems now working, like having salary people work more hours than what their yeah. salary calls for. That's screwed up. But if that's not the case and they're being compensated, like they well, say, I don't see an issue. I'm gonna say uh, if if the, uh, the the CD Project Red devs were making Tom Brady kind of money, they'd be all signing up for Crunch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. so <laughs> you know, like as far as you know, like they're not the only. This is not the only industry that has Crunch. I mean, every industry, whether yeah. you're in, you know, you're in construction, you're in whatever, you know, there are timelines and there are budgets, and uh, sometimes it's really hard at the start of a project to estimate how many man hours it's going to take to get stuff done. Uh, you know, and game development is probably especially tricky because, you know, for the first uh, probably year or so of development, a lot of these teams are working with new software, new tools, new engines. So a lot of the, you know, things that maybe you learned in the last generation for gaming kind of go out the window and then you've got to c- compute for so many different uh, configurations and you're computing for, like I said, old consoles and the next gen stuff and then you're getting dev kits and then you're trying to, to some degree, you're going back to the drawing board, which in to I, I think think to some degree might have happened here with cyberpunk because the game got delayed so far like we were supposed to have this game over a year ago and now it's almost coming out neck and neck with the release of ps5 and the series x and i think at some point maybe somebody said you know well guys maybe we should try to optimize this game now to to look and run better on the next gen consoles considering this is probably going to be our last major release for a couple of years with their track record they don't pop games out left right and center they're not ubisoft so um you know so crunch like i said i think as long as the people are getting treated fairly you know it's a small and you're only looking at a month or so so say yeah they're working six days for a month it's not really the end of the freaking world it kind of sucks (laughs) but if you get compensated and you're not like 
you know, on all those things, I think the worst part of everything right now, and I would say for all of the game developers, not, not just CD Projekt Red, is the whole COVID mm-hmm. thing, because we don't really know what the capacity is for all these studios, how many people were kind of laid off indefinitely, or how many people yeah. were really back, um, how much work time they actually lost when, when everything got shut down and everybody was up in the air. So I think that was a lot of, had a lot to do with it, too, because I think it was like, uh, what was it, toward the end of last year, they were kind of saying, yeah, like the game is coming along really good, and we're almost down to the point where we're just fine-tuning things. So I think that the whole COVID aspect uh, really, really threw a monkey wrench into everything, even even the console manufacturing stage for Xbox and PlayStation, which I think largely paid, played a part into why we didn't see the unveilings uh, earlier, because I think they were really behind. I'm starting to see some of the uh, the manufacturing dates are coming in at September on like Xbox One X's and stuff like that. So, I mean, back in back in the day, these things were being manufactured the moment E3 basically ended. So there's a lot of crazy stuff going on, but I don't think it's the end of the world. And as Lug says, as long as those guys are getting treated fairly, properly, they got a good work environment, you know, with people around them and stuff like that, uh, I think they're going to be just fine. Yep. See if I could add on. I just found out this week from my job that actually I have to work six days a week the entire month of October. Um, and yeah, so at least I'm being compensated for that. It happens, you know, stuff happens and you got to keep deadlines like you're saying. Um, but I also like, didn't they say they were like getting profit sharing from the game or something? And when yeah. was the whole promise made uh, for there to be no crunch? Was this before? Uh, a concept of uh, what we're going through right now with the crisis we're going through was was even in someone's head. I think it was them calling out other companies that were doing crunch. Yeah. I think that's where people were calling uh, them out. After the Naughty Dog fiasco, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I guess sometimes when you do something like that, I guess it's what happens. But, you know, to meet a deadline, I guess it, it kind of shows how, you know, sometimes things don't exactly go the way you, you hope they would. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I'm still looking forward to Cyberpunk 2077, but, you know, we'll see what happens, guys. Uh, I'll believe it when it comes out, when I see it right there and then, when I have it in my hands, right? Come so. on, there is no but. <laughs> when it comes to Cyberpunk Invader, come on. It's going to be nuts. Yes, it is. It sucks that it's not going to be there on day one with the Xbox, though. Oh, it's a week a week later, really. I mean, I know, enough. but I have like those three days off. I was like, oh, I'm gonna <laughs> I was like, oh no, I'm not gonna. Got that new system, and I'm playing back yeah. in that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, one glaring, uh, glaring issue there. All right, just catching up on the super chat from Six Slayer. Uh, Six Slayer, the five dollars. Let's see some more of that sweet, sweet Ace Combat 7 footage, hoping to hoping it gets auto HDR in the Series <laughs> X. Oh, buddy, buddy, maybe, maybe. I love my Ace Combat 7, so uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe expect it uh, again sometime in the near future. Uh, thank you very much for the uh, generous donation, buddy. Always like seeing you in the chat. Um, some more stuff with the previews, guys. Uh, there's also news of more control over the storage. You can selectively uninstall parts of games to free up more space. Well, if the developers opt for it. I mean, that's pretty nice. We've seen that with some games already this gen. Uh, what was it? I, Crackdown 3, for example. It separated the campaign and the multiplayer. So that's kind of a nice thing. We're not going to be getting a lot of storage out of these consoles right out, out of the gate. So it would be kind of nice uh, to conserve whatever space that we do have. 
Yeah, they're banking definitely on these parts uh, and these, um, you know, the technology becoming cheaper over time. Um, you know, I remember that when the 360 came out, those drives were pretty expensive. The hard drives were pretty expensive. And, um, you know, now with the SSDs just being, you know, it's just going to be crazier. It's just going to be more expensive. So, um I think six months down the line to a year, you're going to see those price dro drop uh, for SSDs. Um, so it's definitely a good thing. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. Yeah, just I, I can see storage being, you know, kind of an issue right with the gates. So, you know, hopefully we're going to have more devs involved there and just to get them more on board into just being selectively what we can finish the games. I mean, look at bloody uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. That game is constantly updating and has a massive file sizes. Oh, man. I it think is... it's like 200 gigs now. <laughs> Something like that. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually I yeah, need to the go. The biggest back part you can't you can't delete the biggest part, which is the free part, the war zone, which drives me batty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I have no interest in war zone, and that's the one part of the game you just can't get rid of. It's like, oh my god, really? Yeah, like I mean, I don't mind the war zone personally, but I see what you mean. It'd be nice to kind of uninstall like those unneeded sections because I'm constantly having to manage my back library and there's games that i want to get to eventually but it's like some of these massive games i just i wish that they could somehow compress them and just i don't find ways to uh be more efficient with the file sizes because you're eating up so much of these bloody uh, hard drives it's insane i i can't believe it where uh, modern warfare is at the moment don't get me wrong i like the content some of the content that they're putting out which i do need to get back to uh very soon but yeah i can just see the ssds and the hard drives being an issue uh, going forward hopefully we get more devs getting in on that um, there was also kind of a silent announcement uh, regarding preloading games. It seems like you can install data for any game that you want, even if you don't own it. Uh, you can just kind of preload it, and then when you buy it, it's just kind of right there and ready to go. I mean, for digital... Um, for guys that go with digital games, it's not that big of a deal. For, but with guys with uh, discs, that's huge. Right. Just yeah, being it's able to fire same, it up. It's it's the same concept with keys. You know, you just you download the particular disc, and you need a key to unlock in it. I mean, it basically does the same thing automatically once you purchase it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, good point. Good point. Um, but yeah, guys, it's just kind of nice seeing all this news, like Xbox right out of the gate in October, just firing off with uh, lots of positive energy, positive news going into the launch. When I look back to 2013, this was definitely not the case. Do you just feel like, I'll ask any one of you here on the panel, like, is there, does it feel like there's a change in energy and momentum shift from uh, going into next gen compared to what happened at the beginning of this? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you see Sony making the same mistakes that Xbox has, uh, made under the leadership of Don Matrick, for sure. Sony fan knows this, but... They have that mindset. It's like a cult. They have that mindset like no matter what Sony does or doesn't do, no matter how wishy-washy they are, no matter how anti-consumer Sony is, the ponies will never get 
they would never ever admit that they're getting played. So um, you know, there's a clear double standard. Uh, the same way the media will never admit to it, and there's they're also mad that you know Xbox has made fantastic moves. And, you know, they cornered the market with the ZeniMax deal in a, you know, a significant portion of that market. And I think they're just mad about that, too. So um, that's my take on it. But, yeah, they definitely made some mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's funny watching a lot of them also say, like, oh, look, at Forza Horizon, it's at 30 frames per second on the Series X, which it being Forza Horizon 3. But, you know, I call out – I did – I tweeted out and I called out uh, Playground Games. I call out them and I call out Naughty Dog for sticking with 30 frames per second. Uh, but, see, you're never going to hear that from uh, a pony. So <laughs> they're never going to call out Naughty Dog for sticking with mm-hmm. 30 frames. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think personally the, the excitement itself is – it's a little bit tempered, okay? And what I'm going to say is I – PlayStation, there's no question about it. They ended this gen on an extremely good high for the most part. Like they've had a, a very successful console, one of the most successful ever. Uh, they've had, you know, since 2018 alone, 27, 2018, like, you know, in the last three or four years alone, they've had some of the, you know, the biggest and brightest uh, games in the industry. There's no question they've got amazingly talented studios. And anyone says otherwise, I think, guys, it's just you're but, looking at it through a very skewed you lens. Noof, you and right? you I both know that uh, generation gaming generations doesn't transition into success. I mean, the no. PS3 should have taught you that much. Well, no, but that's it. That's it. They're kind of that's they're going out on a high, but they're going into this gen sort of on on that same thing that kind of got them in trouble with the PS3. They kind of went in with a bit of a cocky attitude. They're waiting for Microsoft to make all the moves here. You know, like constantly, Microsoft seems to always have to go first. They still went first with the with the unveil of the console. Went first with the price once again. You know, and it's even funnier when Microsoft goes first and Sony's stuff looks worse. Like in the eyes of the average consumer, like or most consumers when they have the weaker console uh you know all that stuff and the price wise yeah they're going they're going toe to toe but i don't think sony wanted to really go at 499 probably microsoft didn't either but they kind of knew that was that was the sweet spot they had to hit it but what i'm saying with the tempered going into this is because for the first time you know like even more than that last generation like last generation i think it came to a quick realization that playstation 4 and xbox one weren't really the greatest consoles that we should have had like if if you think about it the, the xbox one x was probably the xbox we wish we would have had right at the start of 2013 it's the kind of console <laughs> that i think microsoft wishes they had at the start of 2013 obviously the financials were different back then the leadership was different back then but i mean you know the, the one x is is an amazing console say you like that was an amazing and you know when it was selling that 370 bucks or whatever here in canada the thing was just just cruising out the door but we now we got this amazing hardware now, you know playstation 5 is an amazing console at least it seems like it's going to be an amazing one x Xbox Series X is amazing. So now we got these beasts of consoles, but it seems like there's a lot of mixed messaging with the games. Uh, the messaging, the marketing is a bit weird on both sides. I mean, from Microsoft, yeah, they seem to be very clear about xCloud and Game Pass, but like already, like where, how come right now these guys got these consoles in their hands and we're not seeing the next-gen game experiences? And same thing with Sony. They're not really showing off too much. And it's like the launch lineup seems a little bit pale in comparison to some, I think, that we've yeah. had in the past from both. So, like, I think, like I said, we're kind of excited, but I don't think anybody is as excited 
as we should have been and could have been. And, of course, Xbox dropping the ball with Halo, that was huge. Um, like I said, hopefully like stuff like Cyberpunk and Assassin's Creed Valhalla and the third parties come through big time this year because right now the first parties are looking a little bit weak, if you ask me. Yeah. Any word sure. on like games like Medium and Scorn, like release dates? I believe Scorn is going to be, I want to say, early 2021 from what I'm to understand. The medium, I haven't heard anything, guys. I mean, it's cutting it close. I haven't heard anything about the actual release date, whether it's still going to be around, like, the tail end of this year or for launch, mm -hmm. or I just haven't really heard anything. It's just kind of weird on that front. I always assumed that it was going to be a launch game, but, uh, yeah, it's been kind of uh, quiet. But we'll see. I, I know, Centurion, you've been, like, kind of keeping up on, like, the medium and scoring and stuff like that. Do you think they'll release it in time for launch or they'll be pushed back a little bit? You know, I actually checked in this last night. I was uh, on the site and they were showing a lot of the games that were uh, available that were going to be on the, like, Xbox, you know, uh, X and, sorry, Series X and Series S. Um, enhanced and they were showing all the release dates for the games and the medium actually did not have a release date on it regretfully um i really do not know when i really hope they do release that game um but at this point i don't know a release date on it myself um i've been keeping up on them just because i like the tech on them uh but microsoft and everybody's been really hush hush that's where these I'm kind of right there with you. That's where I wanted to wait till everybody said their piece. Cause yeah, it is getting a little, I don't want to say aggravating, but why is nobody showing really much of what we're going to get out of next gen? Or are we at an, another stalemate where nobody really wants to show their cards just yet? Or, um, are we missing something? But we know these games are going to look really damn good. I mean, have, has anybody seen the cyberpunk um trailer that was going around at least for oh, yeah. the video side yeah i'm not worried about not have having i mean cyberpunk's a next gen experience in my book yeah i mean it looks cr insane and cyberpunk is one of these games where it's gonna it's gonna be polished uh it's gonna look like a next gen experience with all the crowd you know the cl the crowd clutter and uh some of the things that you can do and see in in the world and i think it's I mean, it's going to be a next-gen experience to me in my book. So same thing for – these games are going to – like Valhalla, these games are going to take up a lot of our time. We're not even going to be thinking of next-gen stuff at that point because Cyberpunk is going to take a significant amount of time, um, and we're going to spend a significant amount of time in those worlds. So the same thing goes for Valhalla. So I'm not too worried about that. Um but I think definitely COVID uh, did a number on you know some of this this next gen stuff. Maybe that's why we're not seeing it. Um, and I also think that development cycles are just so damn long that um, you know it just takes a while to get like for demos and stuff like that. For E3, they develop they have a development team specifically for just the demo. They don't actually have a game. It's just that's what they develop for. So if you're showing somebody a demo for, on next gen stuff, it's only for like a particular level, a, a development cycle on that. So that's why they haven't shown anything yet. And it's, 
you know, it's just one of those things where uh, I think COVID just did a number. So, yeah, see, everything I keep going back reading about the medium, it just says holiday 2020. It just says late 2020. So probably December. Yeah, but it could be uh, it could be in the launch window, too. I think the launch window is considered three months. That's yeah. what's considered a launch window. So, I, you know, let's give them until they say otherwise, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward they to the game just like you are. Same, yeah, same thing hey. with scoring. I'm looking forward to scoring. Can I um, just complain, by the way, Invader, that I was not part of Downer's brainwashing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah see scorn another one it says scorn uh holiday 2020 mm-hmm. so yeah it's been really but yeah anyway. no i i think well i think scorn's gonna be like I, I if i was my guess i would say like february march kind of a time frame but have you guys invader have you taken a look at the uh scorn gameplay yeah it looks crazy. It looks like you really unique a unique first person shooter. Um very slow, very it's like a very methodical, very um uh I don't know, it's just maybe what's the right word for it? Deliberate. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um it's interesting for sure. I mean, I've never it I've never seen me of the first prey on the yeah. Yeah. Which they need to freaking have the original Prey 2 design. Yes. Bring that back. Because I, I was like so Prey hyped 2. for that. And then when they gave yeah. us what they gave us, which I'm looking forward to finishing that game too. But man, that yeah. Prey 2 first trailer teaser trailer. Yeah, I I fin I had a chance to finish Prey and I thought it was Prey 2 and it was a good both both Preys. Both Preys were really good. I missed the Xbox three sixty one. Yes. yes, that that uh, one was out of its time. Yeah, like the stuff it was doing, like with people like walking on the seat, like oh it, yeah, it was just trippy game. It just like I don't know. <laughs> Some of the stuff it did in the game was definitely uh, different because that was like that was like in the first launch year of it, uh, 360, I mm-hmm. believe. Shock. Yeah, and it, I think we we're pretty blown away by the mechanics in the game for sure. Yeah, Shockley, did you see the gameplay uh, that they had released before they canned Prey 2? It looked really cool. Um, I I can't remember because it was so long ago now. I know I saw, I remember seeing the teaser trailer. I was like, oh, sweet, because I never thought that would get like a sequel. But because it wasn't still that big of a game at that time. But but mm-hmm. I was super hyped for it. And then to hear it got canned. Yeah. But. Well, fun fact, I mean, it was Human Head that was creating that, yep. and they got rebranded to Roundhouse Games, which is included in the ZeniMax buy, so... Nice. Yeah, no, so there's a lot but of But I feel pedigree. like they're not going to go back and now make a Prey 2 game when they have Prey as going in a different direction. Well, Arcane seems to be uh, at mm-hmm. the helm with uh, the new Prey, uh, depending <laughs> yeah. on where they go with it. I mean, I would like to see them go back in some way, but actually, I still need to finish, like you, I, I still need to go back and finish uh, the newer Prey. But yeah, Prey's an interesting franchise. Um, but yeah, guys, I am, uh, I'm really liking all the positive feedback from all these Xbox previews. I, I'm just uh, really excited to see. We only have like a month and a bit left until these consoles come out, and... Yeah, just mm-hmm. generally excited, man. Definitely. 
Alright, just taking a look here in the chat. We got a lot of people watching us right now. Hello to Mega Bad Seed, Fun Speculation, Crispy Bomb, Infinite, Kedrian Hardy. Who else do we got here? Oh man, Pong Soul, Loopy Gaming, Fuzzy Belvedere. Lots of familiar faces. Thank you guys for joining us. We will move on to our next topic, guys. And after last week's whirlwind of news, there's been some leaks regarding one of the properties that Microsoft recently purchased. Now, details about Bethesda's Starfield appears to have surfaced online with old mm -hmm. screenshots and possibly, very possibly, a release window. Now, a few days ago, Xbox Gaming Partnerships and Ecosystem VP Sarah Bond stated something, well, kind of interesting, and I'll quote her for this one. One of the things that has me most excited is seeing the roadmap with Bethesda's future games coming to Xbox console and PC, including Starfield, the highly anticipated new space epic currently in development by Bethesda Game Studios. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, I think it's kind of interesting language being used here. Um, Jeremy, I'm pretty sure you'd like to dive in on this one first. Do, yeah. do you think Starfield will be exclusive to the Xbox ecosystem? Yeah, yeah, I do definitely in, in its ecosystem for sure. Phil, Phil has seen Starfield in action, you know, it was just part of the reason why he purchased ZeniMax, which you get Bethesda, but he is fully aware of what this game is about, even if it's current state. I don't know how long or how far this game is off, but if you think Skyrim was huge, which it was, uh, you really haven't seen anything yet in terms of um, what Bethesda is capable of doing. Um, Starfield, I think, in my opinion, it's going to be one of these special games, the same way uh, Skyrim was, the same way Elder Scrolls uh, Oblivion and uh, Morrowind were. Uh, either way, I think Sony fans are going to cough up money to play this game. So uh, I think I reiterated this um, last podcast, but Todd Howard all said he wanted to make a Star Wars type game. And I think they're really passionate about that. Uh, they're passionate about their new IP in Starfield uh, because they've been working so long on the Elder Scrolls series and the Fallout series for a very long time. So, um, I, you know, I think it's going to be ex exclusive to the ecosystem. Um, and it's just another, uh, you know, it's one of these things where that's why Xbox has to make these moves, especially buying up these big companies, because when you do that, you're essentially cornering the market and you know xbox got a lot of studios um when they purchase any max and that's what happens when you buy uh when you make that 7.5 deal um and you get the developers and the studios that xbox got uh that's what happens that's the result that happens um when you make a big purchase like that so yeah i think it's going to be exclusive mm-hmm Absolutely. Um, yeah, because you look at what Xbox bought, and there's no way that they buy that. All those games, those games that sell... You look at, for example, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Doom, Wolfenstein. Like Some of these properties sell somewhere between 10 to 15 million copies. Um, 
per game uh, per series which is crazy crazy yeah. numbers yeah and then so those numbers they're going to be such a large driving force to get people to play in your ecosystem so i think i think a good portion if not the majority of these games will be on exclusively on the xbox system with a, you know a couple of yeah. outliers and invader it's going to get to a point to where you're going to have no choice but to buy Game Pass if you want to play these games. Because think about Think of all the studios that Xbox has now, right? And think of all the talent that they have now and all the games and all the IPs that they're going to get. If you're a gamer, if you're a hardcore gamer, you're, you're, going, to, you're going to buy Game Pass. You're going to get day one a Starfield. When it comes out, that's what's going to happen if you have Game Pass um so I, I think it's just a huge win for xbox and you know you're gonna see next uh, xbox game pass become the next netflix here shortly especially when these games start turning out every month think about it we're gonna get a triple a game we have the the option to get a triple a game every single month uh when these games finally drop um on game pass day one and it's going to be just a crazy experience um, for everybody, for PC, oh, but not PlayStation 5 owners, um, just Xbox and PC owners. So, Right. Yeah, no, it's, yep. um, it's crazy. Like, I know there's a lot of people holding out, but when you think about it, it's like you see PlayStation raising the prices of their first-party mm -hmm. titles and, you know, increasing them by, what, like $9, $10 recently. And you're going to have these titles coming in from Bethesda. You can get them in Xbox Game Pass for, you know, in some cases a dollar, right? You're you know, just you paying make, a subscription You make fee. a good point. You make a good point because if I was, I'm a parent, obviously, but if I'm a parent going to buy a system for my child, for my kid, for my teen, um why in the hell would you want to buy a PlayStation that's going to cost you, you know, it's going to cost $80 for these games when you can get, uh, oh, now with EA access, I know that's probably our next topic, 70 plus titles on this, um, just the value and the gameplay that you can get for just pennies on the dollar, really, um, the sheer amount of content that you can get is astonishing. It really is. So it's just yeah, a win-win. Microsoft win. didn't spend $7.5 billion for you to circumvent their ecosystem. So yeah. unless Game Pass is coming to PlayStation, which Sony's never going to go with, that's the only way it's happening. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Actually, you look and at all... I think Oh, go ahead. That's Invader, that's the environment that Sony created. You know, they're, they like to have these timed exclusives. They go up and pick up Final Fantasy, whatever it is, and they're around 15. What is it, 15 or 16? I forget. 16. But anyway, um, that's a product of their environment. They did this. So, you know, Xbox had no choice but to go out and buy these, you know, a huge company. And, um, you know, if, if they didn't, who knows? Sony would have had Starfield as a timed exclusive now. Mm -hmm. And that's a scary thought because Starfield's going to be a huge game. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, now too, that you bring that up because... A supposedly there was a rumor going around that 
Sony was working on exclusivity for a deal for Starfield before the whole ZeniMax, uh, well, they got bought. Mm. So Sony, they really missed out. I mean, they're already working out deals for Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop. And then you look at this, it's like, oh, man, they could have had the next big RPG from Bethesda sealed. And, well, they kind of blew it for the timing wise. <laughs> Hmm. Yes, Sony doesn't have the uh, you know the wallet that Microsoft does, not even by a long shot, and that's why you see them make smaller deals for Insomniac, uh, which I think they paid what three hundred to five hundred million dollars for Insomniac. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to see them pull out the pocketbook for you know for someone huge. Yeah, I mean, I could be wrong, but um, you know, it's it's just one of those things to where they can't compete. On Microsoft's It'd be or a Xbox much bigger level. risk for a yep. purchase like yep. that for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Now, could you imagine another company getting a hold of Bethesda instead of like, I mean, all the people that have right. put out petitions for content mm-hmm. to be kept multi-platform and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but meanwhile, we've been praising what Sony uh, fans and Sony themselves call traditional exclusives. But we see now what traditional exclusive gets tradi- traditional exclusives get you, um, because mm-hmm. now Sony has kind of painted themselves in a corner. Um, I'm sorry, I've already found I've always found that the exclusive content that PlayStation kind of always waves in everybody's face has been very right. lackluster. The only thing they really give is their first party studios. There's a certain quality there. There's like an itch that gets scratched, but it. I hate to say it, it's the same scratch, same itch every time because the games do share uh, commonalities with each other. Um, but, yeah, definitely going back to this whole thing. Um, I really, yeah. What were you yeah. saying, New? Well, I was just going to say, you know, Phil did wait one point when he said it's on a game by game by game uh, basis or case basis, right? And, and I'm still mm-hmm. not 100%. 100% sitting here thinking, yeah, they're going to lock everything into the e- ecosystem of Xbox. And and uh, it's a win-win for Microsoft. That's the good news. It's win-win either yeah, way. It's a win-win. They're going to get their money. They're either going to get you through xCloud, the Game Pass. They're going to make a, mm-hmm. a fan who traditionally doesn't buy Xbox go out and buy an Xbox, whether that be an Xbox One, a Series X, or a Series X. But like when Microsoft spent over $2 billion on Minecraft, look, they could have easily locked that down to the Xbox ecosystem a couple years ago and drove console sales through the roof. Because Minecraft is one of the biggest properties on the planet and has been for what nearly a decade now, right? Wasn't it in the contract for that game to be kept multi-plat? Well, possibly, but see, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, um, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, it might have been at the time to be multi-plat, but that's like it's win-win for them because they don't carry a. They're going to get the money out of you. You're going to make a profit, but. you take games like Elder Scrolls Online that already have a marketplace of online players. It it, it would kind of seem a little bit dirty if all of a sudden the people that have invested in that ecosystem and they're playing on that game, uh, whether you know, and you could just go, well, now you just need an Xbox. If you don't have an Xbox, this game is is dead to you. You can't play it anymore. I think they're going to want to continue to get revenue from some of those games, and I think a lot of it's going to come down to again, they're going to look at games, and maybe at first they won't come out say on a PlayStation platform, but what they'll do is they'll say. We're going to hold it back. We won't make any announcements. We're going to see how this game, if this game drives sales on our consoles, if we notice our Game Pass numbers going up, if they start seeing mm-hmm. a lot of stagnant numbers and they notice that certain things aren't moving the needle, they might just go, 
what do you think, guys? Do you think, you know, this this game is not hitting uh, where we want it to hit mm-hmm. right now? So maybe we, we well, in the next six months, we, we make an announcement. It comes out for PlayStation. Yeah, PlayStation, they're going to be the, the bitter fan that says, friggin', I'm not buying it, I'm not touching it because of what, you know, Microsoft bought my favorite company and my favorite franchise, so F you. You're going to get a few of them. But you know what? More often than not, uh, when people get over, you know, being childish, they're going to buy the games that they love no matter what. You know, that's that's the thing. Uh, if you're a big Doom guy or Wolfenstein guy or mm-hmm. uh, definitely uh, Oblivion, uh, well, the Elder Scrolls series is massive. So they're going to leverage that one way or the other. So they're going to keep it exclusive to Xbox and they're going to get everybody on xCloud, on an Xbox console or on PC. And they're going to, most of the people are going to buy into Game Pass, which is ultimately, I think, what they want because they want that guaranteed subscription money uh, because right. that's the thing. Subscriptions are almost guaranteed. Most people will renew. Most people keep that money flowing. And con- constant yeah. money is always better than money you can't count on because you can't count on a person buying your game when it comes yeah. out. Like that's always a variable. You, as big as the game might be, half the players like like the Star Wars Squadrons game. Does EA know for sure that people are going to buy it? But if it's in a subscription. Does it really matter if you play it for 10 minutes or two hours? Like That's the whole deal. Game Pass is guaranteed money. It's something that they can easily sell to stockholders. It's something that they can watch the numbers of very quickly, and they can modify it on the fly. They can increase the prices, and even if they increase the price, it's still going to be worth the money because you're getting hundreds and hundreds of games, and these franchises are beloved. That was the thing with this deal, too. It gives Xbox now, if it didn't before... It gives them instant recognition with the community, with the gaming world, because a lot of people, if you say you, uh, how many of you guys are here? I can't stay on Xbox because you know what, guys, you got Gears, Forts, and Halo. Well, guess what, mm-hmm. buddy? Now we got Elder Scrolls, we got Doom, mm-hmm. uh, the list goes on. Now it, that those excuses are starting to slowly go out the window where the other side can't look at you now and go, well, you got no games. What do you mean we got no games? Fuck, man, we got 23 studios. There's going to be more than enough games to keep mm-hmm. you busy for the next century. Like, yeah. the content's going to come, and Microsoft can leverage it because if guys don't want to buy in, uh, if they want to keep it exclusive, like I said, they'll get people over. Look, look how many uh, consoles uh, that Sony sold at the start of this year when Final Fantasy went exclusive. Now, we know it's a timed exclusive, but a lot of people yeah. who are real Final Fantasy fans aren't mm-hmm. waiting for the Xbox version. Guess what? If you're a multi-console owner like me i went and bought i know it's coming xbox damn it i want it but i went and bought the playstation version because it's out and i wanted to play it and a lot of people are going to feel the same way so it's win-win for microsoft they're going to get that money whether they keep that stuff exclusive to their ecosystem or or they decide to go timed exclusive and what i would do too is if i put it out timed exclusive i would make sure that my games are like nintendo's games i wouldn't drop them in price i'd keep them at almost full price and say you know what guys if you don't want to buy into Game Pass and you don't want to buy one of our consoles or you don't want to play in the PC ecosystem, then guess what? Suck it up. You're going to pay the damn full price. We're going to charge you more and it's just bite the bullet, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I think you did, you kind of answered uh, the question right there, but that's part of the reason why I think that's not coming to PlayStation and it's not coming to the Nintendo console mm-hmm. because, you know, to, for that Game Pass experience, where you know they want the subscription rather than just the units sold, so that that's what makes me believe it's not coming on the PlayStation. They want people to subscribe to their platform, to their ecosystem. Um, so, and you know that's See, that's pretty much the that's, reason. That's where I like um, some of the, at least some of the numbers I've seen 
um, at least when Jez uh, kind of gave his case. Um, you know, let's really look at the most successful uh, PlayStation game out there. How many copies did it really sell? Um, uh, as a matter of fact, we were talking about Spider-Man, and I think Spider-Man is still around, like, somewhere around 13, 15 million copies sold. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really have to look at that number and weigh it against uh, the fact that you now have a subscription service where it's guaranteed money. So, you know, it is. do you think you're going to make the same amount of money with it being on PlayStation, or are you going to make the same amount of money with it being in Game Pass? And no matter what, whatever you do on the PlayStation side, you have to cut PlayStation in on. So you would kind of rather do it on your ecosystem for sure. I know games like Elder Scrolls Online, I play it heavily. There's no way they're just going to walk out and say, hey, guess what? Your guys' games are gone. Um, They're not like PlayStation. They don't shut down games like that. Yeah, but Elder Scrolls Online is a little bit different. No, that's Minecraft... what I mean. Somebody, no, somebody mentioned Elder Scrolls Online. They mentioned it, saying that like the game wasn't just going to stop working. Um, no, definitely Elder Scrolls Online games with established IP. Uh, they yeah. said they were going to fulfill contracts like uh, the game that's coming out right now, um, Deathloop. Um, so definitely, but I do see them kind of locking down um, a lot of future titles especially ones that they know that are going to be serious, serious Game Pass uh, pushing titles. Mm-hmm. Um, because definitely um, Microsoft at this point is a third-party publisher, and they're going to be looking at the like pretty much how successful third-party publishers have been on the PlayStation platform. And definitely they're going to be weighing that against how much money they can make on their own platform and the ecosystem of xbox is so massive that in my opinion i hate to be a, I don't think they need playstation at this point right yeah for sure mm-hmm, absolutely i you know i think they are they might what they might do is pick and choose exactly which games might go on the plate because you have successful titles and you guys know about them you know soccer cars rocket league um, is a really successful game. You know, it's third party. Um, the ability to play cross, uh, you know, cross platform, um, or you know, to play with PC players is a powerful thing. And you know, the money generated, the revenue ge- generated for something like that, especially when you have, uh, you know, daily uh, microtransactions that um, that refresh. Uh, games like Fortnite, just, they make so much money. And you don't have to have just every single Xbox game on Sony's platform, but I think they're gonna pick and choose like a Minecraft um, on the on other platforms because it makes sense. You know, they're not gonna do a first-person game like if if Skyrim's gonna be first, uh, you know, single player. They're not gonna do a, a you know a, a Sony uh, launch on that. So I think it's they're gonna pick and choose whether or not that particular title makes sense Mm. on that particular platform. But to put out there, if a game does show up on PlayStation's ecosystem, I'm still not going to care. Because at the end of the day, um, it's going to be cheaper on the Xbox side, no matter what, whether you get it through Game Pass or you buy the game physically. Because even outside of first-party studios, we've seen a lot of price raises in games on the PlayStation side, and this is outside of uh, first-party studios. So it's just that I, no matter what, you're getting the better end of the deal by being in the Xbox ecosystem. 
And, you know, it's going to be curious the yeah. next couple of months to see exactly what uh, Microsoft and Xbox does in terms of acquisitions. Because, again, if they have a, a big, uh, another big buyout, if they have another big purchase, I think it's re- Sony's in trouble. I really do. I really believe that in my heart. I think Sony's in trouble that to where Xbox is cornering the market um, and, and, you know, content is you know, going to be few and far between as opposed to the Xbox ecosystem where we're going get, to get a lot of these large titles every month, you know. So yep. to me, if you want to just, you know, quiet, I call Phil the quiet assassin. If you want to do something like that and just take Sony out of the equation, even though they're not going to be out of the equation, they're always going to be in it. Uh, but, uh, you know, you do that. You you have a big buyout. So, But that's just it. Microsoft did this just as much to take this out of the hands of Google and Amazon, I think, as they ever did against PlayStation. Everybody's just constantly, this is against PlayStation. But, no, this, this was a smart business move because they need lots yeah. of content to keep uh, Game Pass relative, right? That's the thing. Like yeah. Netflix knows this. Netflix had to develop all sorts of new content from their own uh, talent pools now because they're starting to see that other subscriptions are taking content away from them. Yep. So what did they do? They had to create it. So if you can't buy it, you have to create it. And it's much easier to obviously buy something than go out and make something from scratch. So if you already have established studios, you don't have to build them from the ground up, much easier. So a big smart purchase for them. It was to keep, to keep the eyeballs focused on Game Pass because they know there are other competitors breathing down their neck for that space, especially in the streaming side of things. Uh, maybe not necessarily the console, but that's just it. Microsoft is not 100% focused on just, oh, we got to sell Xboxes. They want to sell subscriptions because they know that's where the real money's at. And it's also the bigger the numbers they get, the better it is for attracting more content to their their service. Why do you think EA is coming on board with them now? Because EA has saw their numbers yeah. sort of dwindle because people just don't see the value in buying just EA for themselves, right? Because mm-hmm. EA only has so many studios and so many games, and not everybody's going to want to just play Madden and FIFA all the time, right? So they're, they, yeah. they they have they realize that they stand a better chance of actually making more money if they at least partner with Microsoft. They can get at least a slice of the pie, and it's a win-win for both companies. Because having EA on board with this EA Play, which comes out the day of, uh, you know, the, this console dropping, just made Game Pass even mm-hmm. more attractive. And and that if that continues, if that trend continues, say Ubisoft comes on board at some point, maybe with something with their, you know, and and all of a sudden you got all of this content from the biggest and best developers in the industry, yeah. and most of them are tied to Game Pass. Can you imagine how much easier it's going to be to sell that to when you walk into a studio and say? We want to get your content on our box. What's it going to take? And they're like, dude, you guys are like selling subscriptions like crazy. We're on board. Yep. We want our game to play. We want people to try it. Because even the indie guys will tell you how many how many indie developers have seen their their success skyrocket because of the exposure that Game Pass has given. Where most people would never try their games. Yeah. They're trying their games, and to them, that is more important than having a game sit in a fucking independent store and waiting forever for people to buy it, maybe at a discount, if ever. Like, it's better to be played and noticed than to be just sitting there and going, man, nobody's playing our games at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, and Noof, that's why I think that Xbox is so far beyond what Google and Amazon are doing right now. Holy. If, if, I, was, if I was a company looking to buy, you know, someone for me to uh, purchase me, right? 
Am I going to go to Xbox who's been in the industry for, you know, X amount of years and already has a solid foundation in the X Cloud and Game Pass? Or am I going to go to a Google Stadia? Are they even serious about gaming? Is Google even serious about gaming? And Amazon is such in its infancy stages. Yeah, even though these two companies, the two giants, have a lot of money. They have an infinite amount of, of money. Um to me, I would rather go to the Xbox platform to where you know they have strong leadership, they have a strong foundation, they have a strong everything. Why mm -hmm. would you want to go, if I was another company, why would you want to go to someone like Google who is, again, who knows what Google is doing right now, and to Amazon who is just barely getting into the game now and is late to the party? Mm -hmm. mm. And there's also the fact, you and know, there, there's other companies like. Oh, go ahead, Shock. No, I was going to say they also can see that Microsoft has had its like bad turns, even with the OG Xbox maybe not doing as well, selling like a little over twenty million, um, and then the 360 having the red ring of death, having to like bail themselves out of that, and then going through the Xbox One, and they're still around, so they you know they're not going to just leave the first, you know, if Google. If Stadia kind of like dips and didn't really go anywhere, they're not going to. They're probably not going to stick with it. But. Mm -hmm. Well, you can also see from other developers that have dealt with Microsoft and been bought with Microsoft, left and came back. Uh, Microsoft, in a way, um, makes sure that these developers are able to keep the identity that they created around themselves with too much mm -hmm. interference from their side. Yep. And now you're gonna. Now the handcuffs are gonna be taken off yeah microsoft and xbox are going to have to cater to stakeholders to stockholders but it's not going to be as significant now because microsoft makes more money on the back end than anybody else and all these other companies um they're not going to make 1800 assassin's creed games they're not going to make uh you know all these other games that just come out every single year to appeal to these to these shareholders you know we're gonna see the talent come out we're gonna see these games that take risks we're not gonna get the same old same old every single year you know or every single game that comes out Holy. Mm -hmm. and then there's other companies too that have the potential to come in like we, we've known for a little while now i want to say at least a year that zenimax was up for up for sale and we, we talk about Amazon, we talk about Google, also Tencent too. Tencent's been buying a lot of different companies. Like I would much rather Microsoft buy them than a company like Google who doesn't know what the heck they're doing with the Stadia. Amazon is still getting their uh, themselves going. And Tencent, well, I, I just, I really just don't want Tencent involved in anything else right now. So Microsoft to me is like the perfect, the perfect, um, case for Zenimax and Bethesda mm -hmm. and to me they're in relatively safe hands the, the other options just weren't good in my opinion so yeah, yeah. but at the and same time sorry go ahead I was just gonna say and then that's another beauty of the game pass I don't know everybody how he's here because I didn't buy game pass that I hate it and I've never once said I hate a game pass I totally see why people have it and what the value is 
But the beauty of this Game Pass and, and this as well is that it almost guarantees that studios stay open now because the success of Game Pass is relying on content, both good and both is quantity and quality. Yes, that we, we need to have the quality games there too, but I think overall they need they need lots of content. They have to have lots of fresh ideas. So again, like you mentioned, you're going to see a lot of content. You're going to see a lot of different ideas come to fruition. Uh, those developers now can afford to take a little bit more risk because they're no longer completely dependent on the success of each and every individual game because they're not counting on this having to sell a console they're not be well, like well if we don't sell 10 million copies of this game now uh our studio might close next month so i think now if a game comes out and say and it doesn't do the yeah. numbers that that they had hoped it doesn't make as much difference as it used to i mean i could sure i could see studios maybe shrinking but i don't really think we're going to see the same amount of studio closures anymore that we used to simply because of the nature no. of the business that they're in now new new if you bring up a good point because, you know, a lot of these studios that Xbox picked up, you know, some of them were in trouble, you know, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Double Fine wasn't mm -hmm. doing too good. Uh, I, I know that for a fact. You know, another one like In Exile, another one was – that was another one that was in trouble. So once uh, Xbox bought them out or Microsoft bought them out – I keep saying mm -hmm. bought them out. Jesus. Um but I think now exactly what you said, the handcuffs are going to be taken off now. They don't have to worry to about where the financing is com coming from, whether it's Kickstarter, whether it's looking for another uh, publisher. It, they don't have to worry about that anymore. All they have to worry about now is making a good game. That's mm -hmm. all they have to worry about now. They already know they're going to get the backing from Phil. They already know they're going to get the backing from Xbox. Now it's just a matter of making the right. games that um, you know that can sell itself. That's so. why Bleeding Edge exists, man. It maybe like five years ago that game didn't come out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now, yeah. guys, you look at it like this too, because they've completely retooled their stable of uh, first-party studios. And before, you guys had kind of alluded to it earlier. They were just kind of Gears, Forza, Halo, and you know maybe one or two others. Now it's like they're going to be the home to the best uh, Western RPG games out there. You got Fallout. You got. Elder Scrolls, you, you have The Outer Worlds, you have Avowed coming, you have, oh, what else? You have Fable coming. There are so many RPGs coming on Xbox alone, and they're all going to be locked into their ecosystem. You're not going to find them anywhere else. Like, it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy the quality that's coming out. That's just one genre alone. The impact of that is unbelievable. Like, they're making waves and it's all going to be locked into the game pass and you can only find it in their system so but oh and of course starfield starfield for crying out loud the next big bethesda rpg but uh, guys i mean we can go on about this forever but funny enough we were talking a lot about game pass here and i will move us along because we did get confirmation of when ea play will be made available on xbox game pass ultimate it arrives November 10th, just in time for the Xbox Series X and S launch, bringing in, well, it brings with it a nice back catalog, to say the least. Now, I'll keep this open to whoever wants to go for it, but does incorporating EA Play into Xbox Game Pass at launch really help out the Xbox Series X and S, considering, well, you know, we did lose yeah. Halo Infinite, right? So... Well, for sure. I mean, that's 70 games, I think, 
are currently on EA Xbox on on X uh, EA Access on Xbox. So regardless of your thoughts, you know on, on the EA's business practices, which are shitty, uh, their products and services, having this on Game Pass, having the seventy games we talked about, is huge. You know that also means all the new EA games are going to have trial. The trials are going to be available, which you can download. I think it's what uh, four days or five days ahead of time. Uh, Centurion, correct me if I'm wrong. How many days is it? I think it's seven days actually. So um, the ability to download the new well, games that EA is coming plus, out with for EA. Yeah, to try them. Yeah, I think um, it's like seven days. Yeah, it's like seven days. So, and this includes the discounts. I think you're going to be able to have access to the discounts that mm-hmm. EA, EA offers. So, Game Pass is the best value. It's the most attractive deal in gaming. Period. You know, I don't think um, I don't think EA's access has been a, a huge success, uh, which is why I believe, um, in part, that they're going this particular route. Whatever the deal is in place, Game Pass. Um, I think they have well, it's 15 million subscribers, something like that. But um, mm-hmm. if it's an opportunity to sell more EA games, I think it's just a win-win for Xbox and EA. So it's a good move. We have more games now. There's some decent titles in there. I'm not going to knock all EA games, but there's some decent titles on there now. Um, and now I think what what's the current, um, you know, once it launches, and it's November, right? Yeah, November 10th, I believe. Yeah, so once that launches, you're going to have over, I think it's over 200 games on, on xCloud and Game Pass. So it's a win-win for sure. Yeah, like even when you look at the sports titles alone, that fills a a hole, you could say, in the Game Pass catalog. So right there, they're addressing a lot of issues. I'm just kind of scrolling down the list here. I mean, you have access to Titanfall, uh, Star Wars Battlefront, Skate, Plants vs. Zombies. A lot of people forget about this Crisis. You got the Crisis series on there. Really fantastic games. Yeah, a Battlefield. A way out. Some really memorable titles on there. Even like for the backwards. Mass Effect. Have- yeah, Mass Effect, uh, Dragon Age, like all kinds of titles. Like again, I'm really picky when it comes to EA titles, but I gotta say, Need for Speed. Again, I'm just going down this list here as I'm uh, talking, but yeah, they got a fantastic back catalog, and they haven't even added in um, uh, the newest, uh, not Squadrons, the other uh, Star Wars game that released last year. Uh, the name Jedi Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, crazy list. You know, by the by the time you know it launches Invader, I think Xbox Game Pass is already going to have twenty million subscribers. I mean, that's my take on it. So now you're, we're talking about EA having another twenty million players in their ecosystem and their lineup of games. You know, they're heavy on micro transactions already. It's not like EA is going to be come out. Uh, empty pockets in this deal they're making a lot of money just on that but on that particular uh case alone you know I feel like so they're i gonna think be making more money now than they have been off of just having that service because i i mean i've never felt com- felt compelled to get yeah. uh the ea play and now 
this right here, I definitely yeah. uh, Game Pass. I, I mean, damn. I mean, I'm glad yeah. I bought in. <laughs> you know, and and then now now the servers for these particular games are that kind of dwindling in numbers are going to be rejuvenated. Uh, you know, it just there's going to be more players on them because more people are going to be playing these games. So if I was someone, uh, uh, you know, like an EA or someone that wanted to to uh, to be in Game Pass, your the life of that game is now going to be extended, which means your revenue is now going to be extended on that. So why wouldn't you want to join? You know, join in the fun. And I can attest to that because before Elder Scrolls Online got put in Game Pass, I mean, there was times you'd be able to walk around and you'd almost time it like the only time you'd ever see large amounts of people were on the weekends. All of a sudden it's putting game pass and there's like more life and people to the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it definitely brings life into old games. Um, Actually speaking about game pass guys entering this month, I don't know if, I mean, we had talked about it earlier because we have doom eternal Forza more sports seven, just like lots of big additions coming. I mean, Shockley, obviously, you downloaded having a good time with Doom Eternal, but just Game Pass is on such a roll. I mean, we forget that Microsoft is going to be adding so many more games to their back catalog just from Bethesda alone. It's going to be insane in the next coming months. Oh, yeah, and also Brutal Legend as well from uh, Double Fine. They own mm. that. Like, actually, has anybody here played Brutal Legend? That is. I love that game. Um, I know a lot of people didn't like it for his its strategy elements, but man, oh man, I just I really liked Bla- uh, Jack Black's performance in it, and I could I would love for them to be able to do a sequel to that game. I mean, I, we've already seen Jack Black teased in the Psychonauts two, so I wouldn't be surprised if there was something else going on there. I would love to see a sequel. Yeah, that was a great game too. Very underrated game. Yeah, yeah, great dialogue. I enjoyed the world. Heck, they even had Ozzy Osbourne uh, guest in that game too. Um, and a lot of good ideas. It just, I th- yeah, I think EA published that game too, if I'm not mistaken. It just kind of fell below their uh, expectations. But I guess a lot of games do in their eyes. Um, but yeah, I wonder if they're working on. I wonder if they're working on that BC of that particular game. I hope so. No, well, that'll be cool. It's gonna be in uh, Game Pass, though. Oh, it is. Yeah, I it's, didn't know it's that. coming this month, I think. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, so just perfect timing actually for uh, this month. But uh, you know, just something about that game that it's just a lot of fun. I like those kinds of strategy element games. I know it so, didn't get a lot of fanfare. I wanted to let you guys in on stuff, something too, because you're talking about Jack Black. You know, Jack Black was recently put in a game, right? He's always put in a game, buddy. He's a popular <laughs> fella. He he was put in Tony Hawk the remaster. Oh yeah. He he's That's actually he's he's, a, he's an unlockable character called Officer Dick. <laughs> and, and, and basically he's he he looks like a cheap mall security guard. That sounds awesome. about right. <laughs> oh, so <nice>. yeah. <laughs> That's kind of random, but he's in yeah, he's in a lot of things too. Actually, it's pretty awesome that he's involved with a lot of uh, a lot of uh, gaming elements these days. Like, there are a lot of games. At least just... that's what the articles say. That because they're showing images of him saying that he's Officer Dick. I haven't unlocked the character, but yeah, that's oh. pretty cool. That's mm. cool. 
Yeah, no, that's really cool, guys. But, uh, yeah, EA, um, you know, Game Pass is just getting so big. I mean, we're getting EA Play at no additional cost. Uh, do you guys see another big publisher joining uh, sometime soon, like a, a THQ? I know a lot of people talk about Ubisoft, but I, I would like to see THQ personally or... Uh. Well, THQ, you can get them at a reasonable price. I don't mm. even think... I think they're called THQ Nordic now. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I forget exactly what they're called. They're no longer the THQ that we we knew before back in the days. Um, so I think they just rebranded and they're called THQ Nordic. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, you can get them for a good deal. I know that. So, But I personally... They make some. They have some nice IPs mm -hmm. for sure, Invader. Um, but do I see Xbox buying them out? Eh, they have some decent studios uh, that are involved with them. Well, maybe so, not buying um, them out, but just even just adding like a like what they're doing with EA Play. You know, getting some of their back catalog, working out a deal. I mean, I would argue. I would argue some people are saying this in the chat to address you know Japanese titles. Yeah. You know, maybe Capcom or Sega. Obviously, they're very, right. very friendly. With you gotta Sega. go. You gotta go with Sega. I mean, come on. You instantly have all these classics, all these IPs. Uh, we we talked about it till I was blue in the face mm -hmm. about that particular, uh, you know, topic. How crazy it would be for Sega to join the Xbox ecosystem. Um, the things that you can do with like the marketing. No, I don't think so. The thing that you, the things that you can, well, yeah, there's some truth to that because as far as the, thing, the IPs right now, yeah, but the things you can do with a Capcom and Sega in terms of the merchandising, it'd be insane, and you'd be automatically you'd have a footprint around the world. You know, we talk a lot about Xbox specifically being, you know, a U.S. Uh, centric company, you know, someone that just, you know, US, it thrives in the U.S. as opposed to in the EU or or in Japan or some of these other places. But, um, yeah, if you purchase a Sega or a Capcom, again, overnight, you can establish a foothold in some of these places where Xbox doesn't ha necessarily have a far reach. You know, and that's why I think buying somebody out like a Capcom or a Sega makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Well, I got four studios that I think Microsoft should definitely go after. Uh, and a couple That's of them your... are tightly knit with Microsoft already. One, I would happily buy Team Asobo. Because first of all, they did a heck of a so, job with the Plague's Tale. And mostly that flight, that flight simulator game has got some yeah. serious next-gen graphics. So we know that that studio's yeah. got some serious graphic talent. And people have definitely complained that Microsoft... Uh, Studios has not pumped out the same level of fidelity as a lot of Sony's in-house. So Sobo would definitely be one I would I would try to lock them down if at all possible. I, would I think, you know, new. Yep, I have a go. rebuttal regarding any kind of flying or driving games. To me, they're the easiest kind of games to develop for. So I don't really take that in consideration because there's no real moving parts to the game. It's very basic, uh, and that's just my opinion. Maybe I'm an armchair dev, but. Uh, yeah, but they did a Plague's Tale, and Plague's Tale was one of the, I think, one of the best games that came out. What was it last year? When yeah, it came you out? are correct about that. that's a great game, and that I game really looks like stunning. Game. Uh, yep. Looks a good story, different, interesting concepts. So, like, I, I'm just saying, I think they have at least they have the talent pool there. 
Um, besides the Sobo, I mean, why don't they lock down a studio, a little indie, indie studio like MDHR? Uh, the guys that made Cuphead. Those yeah. fucking man, they're obviously mm-hmm. passionate about what they do. They made one of the probably the best platforming games in, in any generation, let alone uh, one of the best ones that ever come out on an Xbox or any other platform for that matter. Uh, the game's been absolutely nuts. Uh, another studio that I don't think gets enough love and recognition is Avalanche Studio. They've made games for a variety of publishers mm. over the years. Uh, the ones that made Mad Max. Uh, I'm pretty sure the list goes on. You can probably Avalanche. They also did, yeah. I think, uh, what, what's Avalanche. that one? Just Cause? Just Cause? Avalanche Just Cause series? Yeah. Avalanche got major talent in there. They made some games and they just, they, for that, some reason, that studio never seems to get the recognition they deserve, but they know how to make some cool ass games. Here's another one that I think is tailor made for Game Pass. Uh, buy someone like Supermassive Games. Supermassive Games are one, they're awesome, they're Canadian, and they know how to do the storytelling stuff. They're the ones who did Man of Medan. They did the Until Dawn franchise. So that game was published under yeah. Sony. Uh, Man of Medan and their latest game, I think, are under Namco Bandai. But just yeah. think about that. A studio like those guys who obviously know how to do story, they know how to do graphics, and with their kind of content, they could literally make a TV series made for, for Game Pass. We're literally yeah. episodic content that constantly <laughs> keep people in their environment, and you tune in every couple of months to get the latest episode, and there That's you go, awesome. baby. Uh, you make awesome. your own TV series game right from Supermassive, uh, and that would be f- like it's never really been done before, like an, a continuation of a game. And another thing, I guess, that I threw out, I think it was sometime today in one of the chats I was in, and, and people will probably think I'm crazy, and it might be a little different now that EA Play is in the picture, but I was thinking, you know what, why don't Microsoft invest it in some of the old, the old studios that made really good sports games and brought sports games back into the fold? But here's the deal. Instead of making an annual edition of this sports game and that sports game, you just make one hell of a damn good sports game. You put it in Game Pass, and instead of having to suck your customer into a $70, $80 game <clears throat> like EA every friggin' year, you just do the roster updates and you add well, the game I post, think, and boom. Doof, I think that's what's going to happen to Forza Motorsports. That's why it doesn't have a seven or eight behind it they mm-hmm. just ca- they're just calling it for as a motor store and i think it, it's it's, it's going to be exactly what you're talking about right there mm-hmm. and that that's part of the reason why i think halo infinite is going to be called halo infinite but i mean that's just another topic for another day mm-hmm. definitely well guys i mean you know ea play being in uh game pass it's huge it's huge definitely and i would like to see more of these big publishers in them uh, as far as the acquisitions go, they're definitely not done. Satya has basically confirmed that uh, right after you know spending seven point five billion dollars to say the least. That's uh, massive, absolutely massive, super massive, as Noof has been saying. But uh, we'll move on. Super massive or submassive? What is it? Uh, probably, I think super it's super, massive, super, right? super massive. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, guys, we will move on to some PlayStation news, actually. And we've been seeing some interesting articles start to trickle out. We were talking about this a bit before the show started. And considering Sony's been rather silent, uh, you know, for, you know, in quite a few aspects, um, you know, the console hasn't really seen a lot of showtime for the past month. And you know what? We haven't gotten any information about cross saves and progression. And it just, it seems to be a hot topic when you look at game upgrading. And most recently, game studios behind Yakuza, like a Dragon, Maneater, and Dirt 5 have confirmed that PS4 game saves 
they won't be carried over to the PS5 if you if you're a player that decides to upgrade on the PlayStation 5 version of the game. Well, not only that is you're going to have to pay $20 more for your goddamn game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's absolutely I mean, to me it's insulting to say the least, but uh Shockley, buddy, I'll I'll head to you first on this one since I, I, you had brought it up a little bit earlier. Should Sony be communicating better on the whole cross-gen game saves and upgrades thing? Because like you know, it's kind of insulting in my opinion. Thank you, Shock. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean they they've definitely been wishy-washy on the uh, communication i mean they could have been out from the get-go hey this is what miles morales is going to look great on the ps5 it's also coming to ps4 but here's the benefits you get on the ps5 version so they could have done that from the start um so they've only kind of brought that on themselves um and now with some of these same feature issues i don't know if there's that's an issue or if it's just something on their side that they have to maybe validate each game differently who knows but but that sound is starting to be a seems like it's starting to be an issue because it's happened to you know happened to more games more and more often uh or more like more and more like dirt five yakuza um i think man here i think there's a few other games so it's weird that you can't bring over your cross save feature but on xbox you can so i don't know Seems they need to get that sorted out. <laughs> Otherwise, there's going to be probably a lot more games having the same issue. Mm-hmm. Well, not only, like, they face this issue where you have Microsoft giving free updates to the games for, well, for most of the games anyways, especially from their first party, and the system just automatically enhances the, uh, the titles. But you also have the fact that, you know, they're paying... They're paying a little extra for these titles, and their saves won't transfer over i mean their competitor is doing it for them not to do it like some of these people they put in you know hours upon hours of time into this getting like all the collectibles and games i know man eater i I remember Mm -hmm. centurion talking about the game there's all kinds of collectibles in that game yakuza you, you can definitely put a lot of hours into yakuza and like it's just you know that's not in that's not being fair to your fan base uh, to me it's just that's not well, a cool move invader it's that whole thing again where is sony where are they i mean they have, they have no answers they don't even it's there's no public like uh <laughs> yeah but i mean xbox is right out of the gate they come out and give some of these big names uh, a console to preview you know, these are the kinds of things that, uh, you know, they, they make waves in terms of, you know, free publicity, free media, uh, just free marketing. Um, it's not free, obviously, but you know what I mean. Um, but again, it's like almost like we have we're almost a month away from uh, these consoles launching and Sony is still MIA. Nobody knows where they are. So does anybody know where they are? Knock, knock. Mm-hmm. Taking your pre-order money, you ain't getting one till next year, though. <laughs> well, that's what I mean by you look at the contrast between the two companies with the consoles. You got Microsoft; they're being very, very open. They've been open about 
about the console for a while now. Sony's been this long, drawn-out process. I mean, sure, Xbox has with a few things, but for the most part, they've been so open about their platform, what's, you know, the features, and just everything about it, really, whereas Sony's just been non-bloody... I don't know, they've just been non-communicative about this well, kind of they, stuff they are smoke they're at they are kind of smoke and mirrors to be honest i mean you, wh- what's going on with their ssd how much does it even cost where do you even put the damn thing you know mm-hmm. it's just and if this was xbox oh my god it, stuff would be shitting it'd be crazy people would be talking about twitter for four days uh you know but because it's sony everybody gets a pass they get a pass Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And the thing about the SSD, too, apparently, because that came out, I believe, earlier today or yesterday, that the PS5, the SSD will only have 664 gigabytes of usable space for the games, which is very, very tiny. You know, has it, has it been a mistake for Sony to hype up their SSD? I mean, they talk about the speed. That's all I ever heard about is the speed from all the fanboys and news outlets it's but... okay they're only going to install call of duty and fortnite on it anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> but they talk about the speed but what makes it different i mean what's the tech behind it you know there's no transparency as far as that goes so are they just full of shit and they're just saying it or is it really faster well yeah. the thing is too there was a video making the rounds i posted it in our uh, group chat yesterday about somebody had, I guess, both units, both Xbox and PlayStation 5, and they booted them both up, and the Xbox, I believe, booted up faster, too. So... Yeah, but that doesn't really mean anything. That's just the startup. You know, some startups, as far as... As far as what's on screen, you know, that doesn't really... What matters is how how fast the games boot up, uh, how, how... how much longer does the loading times uh, take? That matters. You know, it's not the startup, which is, you know, it's basically just, you know, could mm-hmm. be a long startup. Yeah. It's just, to me, I see Sony right now as getting kind of complacent again. I kind of, and I, I really don't want to say this because I didn't like that era, but it reminds me a lot like the early PS3 days, maybe not as bad, but they're getting to the point where they're just not communicating very well at all, and they just seem to be, I don't know, just not making... I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing, though, Invader. That system, the PS5, is just as huge as the PlayStation 3 was. I mean, it just it's ridiculous. It's out yeah. of control. Yeah, the size is going to be an issue, I think. I mean, it's funny because when the place to, uh, the Xbox Series X was announced, people were talking about how big it was and how it was a tower. Now, when you place it beside the, the PlayStation 5, it looks very clean cut and slim in comparison. Did you see the article that came out that said the PlayStation 5 looks better as an architectural building than it does as a console? <laughs> and they actually showed a representation of the PS5 as a legit building, and it did. It looked talk way about, better. Talk about a waste of time, waste of journalism. Yeah, Jesus. yeah there's a lot of bloody blowhards yeah. out there that just like to uh, you know, read what they bloody type up. But honestly, 
you know, I do mean, you guys, do you guys think that? Well, ahead, dude, sorry, we sorry. had Tom. We had Tom Warren on the thing um, doing his uh, reveal, and he's over here going, "The Series S isn't a walkie-talkie." And I, as soon as he started doing that, I clicked off. <laughs> you, did anybody see that other than me? I, I didn't see it. I didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, within the first few minutes of Tom Warren's video, he's talking into the side of the Series S like it, like it's a walkie-talkie. And about that time, I went tone deaf and clicked off onto another video. No, I, I think he he meant that as a as a compliment a because it's well, small he, and no, he was uh, trying. No, he was commenting on the black speaker on top. Oh. He's like, what's the, black, <laughs> what's the black thing on top? Is it a walkie-talkie? And he starts making jokes. I was like, dude, it, any educated human being is going to know that's a vent. <laughs> well, I hear it's uh, silent this time, so thank God for that. With this new uh, PS5. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. As long as they got the the heat un- under control and it works fine, it plays the games well. It doesn't matter. I mean, it yeah. is going to be kind of an eyesore, but as long as it does what it's supposed to do and doesn't overheat, hey, I'm fine with that. I'm totally cool. Whatever. But like, you guys think that part part of the issue with Sony? You think it's a part of that again? Is that a little bit of that arrogance in the same way that Apple kind of run? marches to the beat of their own drum because one they're you know they've been so successful in industry leaders and they just kind of go we're going to do what we like and we're going to take the market with us kicking or screaming no matter what they want right you're either going to adapt or you just get lost or do you think it's the case that sony's gone a little bit tone deaf and and the fans aren't quite coming out and calling them out like they should be because you know like there's just things about the whole sony situation it just you know, and you don't see enough fans being honest. You know what I mean? Like you well, see the it's... odd fan being about the Bethesda deal, like, oh, this kind of sucks and stuff. But uh, or they're pretending now all of a sudden Bethesda games don't matter, things like that. But like they they got to come out and call them out for the stuff that they don't like either. You know, and, and you don't see enough. Dude, of, you don't it's... see enough of the Sony fans making videos going, "We don't like this, Sony. You need to improve it." And but you don't see it. New, if it's two things, it's the media doesn't call them out on it. And the fans. So they think everything's fine. Everything's peachy. Everything's great. And that's part of the problem, which is good for Xbox. I mean, shit. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just think that's what it is. So, but, I mean, I mean they got to at least call listen. out the double standards. I mean, Jesus. I mean, some of the shit that Sony gets away with is crazy. I mean, we know Microsoft's listening because the One X is the perfect example. The One X wouldn't even existed at all if it wasn't for fans, right? Yeah. If it wasn't yeah. for the constant demand to have a better product than the, than the fat VCR box we got at the beginning of the gen. <laughs> fans complained about Kinect, and look where that went. It, was, it made the console more expensive, and ultimately it wasn't utilized properly. Nobody really wanted it, and most people that use it use it for fucking, like, you know, hey, Xbox, play this or play that. Like, it was never utilized, and that thing hit the dodo bird. You know, like, this, yeah. is, what I'm, this is what I'm saying. You know, so I, I think Sony's fallen on deaf ears here with some of their stuff. And I know there's honest PlayStation fans out there that, you know, if you talk to them behind the scenes, give you probably an honest opinion on a podcast, they come across as arrogant uh, POS sometimes. And they're just like, yeah, Sony's the best no matter what. Like, it's like, like, you know, it's almost like feels like if Sony came up and kicked you in the nuts to go, oh, that was the best kick in the nuts I've ever had. <laughs> right. Like, seriously, that's the kind of, that's the way you feel about it some days. And you're like, what the heck, dude? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like we're an Xbox centric podcast, but at the same time, we're more than willing to show, you know, share our true thoughts with, you know, about Xbox and some of their moves. And we've been critical about them uh, on many occasions because we like to be honest because, hey, we know some people are listening and, uh, you know, maybe we can make a little bit of a a difference with right so so hey can i say something real quick hopefully people are listening i hope certain people are listening from xbox marketing you need to go out and make a commercial right now that shows somebody transferring their save file from one console to the other and put this is how you transfer your save file (laughs) (laughs) remember remember this is how you save your game i mean how you share your game yeah. I saw a great ad somebody posted the other day. I wish I had captured it, but it was a little graphic of a dude going, uh, this is this is day one on Xbox, and it showed a picture of a little guy holding about like uh, several hundred Xbox games in his hand. You couldn't even see the dude. You see the hands and the stack of Xbox games, yeah. and then it showed the PlayStation guy. Here's our game, day one, and the guy's got like one copy of Spider-Man in his hand. <laughs> 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 this, or this is what you get for 80 bucks or something like that or 100 and something dollars, and yeah, that was kind of the comparison. I had a good laugh at that. Oh boy! Well, yeah, and that's... Yeah, maybe we maybe we could tell we could talk to uh, Mr. Greenberg. I had a chance to talk to him today on Twitter, and um, he's he's currently in Montana right now. I don't know where he, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, he's he in has everybody at this point. Yeah, he's been spending he's a lot of time in Montana right now. I don't know where he wouldn't tell me. Um... He wouldn't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask him. I, I don't want to be. I didn't want to be nosy. I'm just like, eh, hey, you're in Montana, right? Yeah, he's like, yeah. Sure. So. Yeah, sure, a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> I think it tells you we're on his Instagram. You with the block. Well, Aaron, Aaron's been on TXR a couple times. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's just interesting. Like, again, we call them out. We, do, we, we call them out because we want to see them do better because we were really invested in you know the xbox platform we love the games and we want them to get be- better whereas with other some other platforms like whether it be you know some nintendo fans playstation fans i don't hear them calling them out as much as more praising even when they do something bad or they're silent about it over this past generation xbox fans have been shaping their the console, the ecosystem into what it is now because we've been venting our frustrations and now we get to see the fruits of that. So I think yeah. we've all kind of given up on Nintendo because they're, they're marching to the beat of their own drum. They're on a completely different ship heading toward another planet completely. Like those guys are fucking way out there, man. <laughs> well, I mean, that's to their credit though. They're still a really successful company and yeah. a very profitable company mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, so. they know what they know what works for them, right? They're okay with sort of yeah making making money the best way they know how, and that's catering mm-hmm. to the audience that obviously PlayStation and Xbox sort of don't do so well in, or or fail to neglect. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. that more that family friendly atmosphere, easier uh, tech right up front. You know, less less investment. I mean, right down from having a switch, there's way less downloading and updating and constant nuisance that goes along with PlayStation and Xbox. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, again, I hope uh, PlayStation gets that uh, fixed, and hopefully they can do better with their cr- uh, cross-gen saves, because I want to see that platform succeed. 
Um, they just, you know, they got to learn from some of these mistakes. Um, all right, fellas, on to our last talking point of the night. And it looks like the Xbox app for iPhone is going to be receiving a big update. It'll have an overhauled design, and it brings with it a remote play option that will allow Xbox console owners to stream their games to an iPhone. So, I mean, hey, you know, that's pretty nice. However, it still doesn't change the xCloud situation, unfortunately. Centurion, I know you've been on top of the whole Apple-Microsoft kind of scuffle that's been going on the past couple of months. First, what do you think of the whole remote play feature being added in? Oh, man. See, that's... I don't know how to feel about remote play because it doesn't interest me because the whole concept of remote play is you're playing off of your console. I know if you're very savvy, you can kind of create a home network and kind of do this on like in other locations, kind of like xCloud. But you got to be really, really network savvy to pull some of that stuff off to be able to use it outside of your own home. Um, Yeah, I've... uh, Since Sean, I've used use the one cast i don't know if you guys are familiar with it but basically uh what you do is you just use your own network and it works well and you can just cast onto your ipad or whatnot but i think what they're talking about now is using the actual xbox application or game pass application i'm not sure exactly well what i mean by like using to use remote play Oh, Centurion. We lost the Mr. Cinchy. <laughs> Yo, 50 Cent, yeah, where'd so, you at? Oh, there you are. We got you. Well, maybe not. Oh. Well, I will so, say, he's probably alluding to, I, I've seen mm-hmm. better performance with xCloud playing the same game versus remote play. And I have, you know, 5G router, and I'm like, you know, right mm-hmm. next to it, and I have high speed, you know, 350 megabit, you know, yeah. down and like 40 megabit up. So, yeah. Um, even I figured it would be the opposite, but after I was playing Doom the other night off of just Xbox Cloud or uh, X Cloud servers, but I'm, smooth, I'm, yeah, but I'm telling you guys better. right now, if you get an opportunity to dex your phone to your to your TV, it's a great experience.
Guys are saying no audio for some reason. Uh, 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 oh, wait, no, the sound is back, they said. Okay, guys, keep it rolling. <laughs> uh, Centurion, are you back? He's back, yeah. Can you guys hear me now? All right, you're good. Yeah. Yep. Ah, Dude. there you are. My good. Hey, why my internet service provider is Cox? Because we're a bunch of Cox, and we will pull your internet without warning. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. No, sorry. What was I saying? I think you were talking about difference between remote play and XCloud, maybe. Right. Oh, I was yeah. just saying, like, to me, it's something I'm not interested in. But what I was wanting to say with XCloud, though, I don't know what Microsoft's going to do. It's interesting that Amazon has made a workaround using the web interface. So they're not really going through the Apple Store. Um, me and actually Fuzzy from over at the Shop Podcast were talking about this. They're kind of working around the Play Store. I'm kind of curious if Xbox is allowed to get, uh, use this loophole. Um, but regretfully, um, Epic has kind of been the guys that have been leading the way with Xbox kind of giving them some support. And I just read an article that, um, the one of the judges for the whole, you know, a Apple trying to pull the Unreal Engine off of the, off of the Apple store and all this other stuff, um, kind of ruled in Apple's favor because, um, they said Epic basically blatantly tried to break the rules that uh, Apple had put out. So um, it doesn't look like xCloud is going to be coming to Apple anytime soon. And I just think this is them trying to give the Apple consumers something um, because it's actually something we've already been doing on Xbox already has been doing some remote play uh, with Android devices. So yeah. I really don't know what much more Microsoft can do uh, with the Apple ecosystem until Apple kind of changes a few things. Maybe they'll change their tune when the next, uh, like, Elder Scrolls or Starfield drops. You know, they have one of these big games to really push it, but... True. Yeah. I mean, Apple changed the rules for Amazon. They re-changed their 30% deal and gave them a special cut uh, for Amazon Prime Video. And so that's where this all came from. They did a special deal for Amazon, but didn't want to give a special deal, deal to anybody else. And that's what I think it's going to come down to with Apple is I think Microsoft is going to have to put Apple in a position where Apple has to come to them um, to want like to want a game, a product, a feature, something. Um, and my, Microsoft needs to get Apple in a position where they'll negotiate like that because it blew my mind that Luna is coming to Apple because if you watch my right. video, huh? I said, right. Well, if you watch my video, it actually shows you how, according to the, the, the Apple, the Apple store rules, something like Luna shouldn't be able to exist, but because they don't go through the store and they're using the web browser. Yeah, interface, just the web browser. And I'm just like, so what would happen if Microsoft did this? Like, wouldn't that get them sued? 
I mean, I think they, no, I think they thought of doing that, but they didn't want to diminish like the experience on that platform. Right. Right. That to too. To work. Like that would have been, a, it's going to be a crappy experience trying to just do it through the web when you can just have oh. everything seamless through the app. And that's what a lot of the streaming services that have come out, like uh, Steam and Epic, have both come out and said that you know their their streaming platforms of their of of their games are watered down, excuse the expression, piss poor versions of what they truly want on the Apple Play Store because they had to sacrifice so much just to get it on the Apple Store. I don't know why Google doesn't do it because that's what they do on the PC. I think right, they use the browser. Yeah. Yeah, so, I don't understand don't Apple. I do not, un- for the life of me, I do not understand Apple. I mean, this is a company who has let China steal their intellectual property, yet some of these U.S. giants, you know, we can't get in. So it's just stupid. Yeah, no, it's absolutely silly. <laughs> Apple's a weird beast. I don't know what's the point. You can <laughs> remote play from your own home server. But if you take it from a server from a corporation, nope. I know that um, that, and that's how you're. That's how they're able to offer you remote play because technically the Xbox is the server and it houses the games that you own. See, I don't think Steve Jobs would have done this. <laughs> like it's literally Netflix, and you can watch. Uh, what is it? Black Mirror, Bandersnatch. It's an interactive. It's basically like some games, like Erica. It's basically an interactive yeah. movie. And that's all you're doing with these. It's same if you're watching any type of show on Netflix. You're interacting with it by pressing pause, play. Like, you're doing the same thing. It's a video. It's all this mm. is. It's a video being streamed to you. No different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, um, you know, it's interesting that, you know, we see this come along, which is good. I mean, I don't know how many people are going to take advantage of the remote play, but it's still, you know, it's a nice feature to be adding in for free. You know, I got no problem with that. I might test it out at some point whenever the the app gets updated. But, yeah, the whole xCloud Apple situation is just it's still kind of a mess. Apple not playing nice. You know, there's such a weird corporation at times you know they used to have so much public goodwill and uh they've just been pissing it away in recent years unfortunately but um you know what guys on that note i think that wraps things up for tonight's episode of the txr podcast and hey you know what we covered a lot of hot news circling around the game industry over the past week such as you know, Xbox console previews, all the Starfield leaks, and so much more. And I gotta say, I gotta give a big thank you to everyone, as always, that tuned in tonight. So, if you guys have already, haven't already done so, then would you generously smash the like button, share this episode out, and subscribe for future content for your favorite Xbox-centric podcast. Guys, let's get to these outros. And of course, I'm going to start off with our guest, Noof Nukem. Buddy, it was a blast having you on again. It feels like it's been forever since the last time, but it's been great having you back. You know, it's definitely been too long. Where can everybody find you at? 
First of all, guys, thanks for having me on. So big shout out to you, Invader, for sending the invitation. Big shout out to Downer, Shockley, Centurion. Guys, this has been, the topics are great. Everybody had great points. I love being here, man. I just love doing this stuff. I love gaming and I love being on podcasts, uh, talking about my favorite hobby. Uh, chat's been awesome as well. So thanks for, uh, like I said, having me here. I hope I didn't uh, overextend my welcome here tonight and uh, look forward to another invite in the future, hopefully. Uh, as far as finding me, you guys always know where to find me if Nukem in the gutter. Yes and uh, on Gaming After Dark on Tuesday nights with my co-host Titan Drago and the Middle Age Game Guy. This week we have a familiar face from the Xbox uh, community in Triple Cup Chuck joining us, so it's going to be a loud and fast show guaranteed. That is on Tuesday nights, 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain Time on my YouTube channel. We hope to see you guys there. Thanks for the love and support, and we hope to see you all again soon. Stay safe, have fun, and keep it real. Keep it gaming. Yeah, brother. Uh, you know, always, always a big show uh, when you are on, and we will definitely have you back at some point. Um, next up, we will go on to the TXR panel, and Jeremy, buddy, where can everybody find you at? Yeah, you can find me on Xbox Downer Space Chain. You can find me on Twitter taking the green pill. Finally. Uh, and that's going to be uh, at Lone Master Space. I'm sorry, at Lone Master Who zero seven. Um, and you can find me there. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, uh, Noof. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate you coming on, and we'll catch you guys next week. Absolutely. Next up, Eric Shockley, buddy. You had some really great points tonight, <laughs> and uh, yeah, where can everybody follow you at? Yeah, you can follow me at, at ShockNero on Twitter, EasyShock on Xbox Live. And for any person from Microsoft listening, uh, <laughs> I've been trying to purchase those two games I talked about like a month ago off of Game Pass and still can't purchase them. So got to figure that one out. Game Pass games can't be bought, at least by me, uh, Better in, that get the discount. <laughs> which games were they again? So I've been uh panzer dragoon orta and ninja gaiden 2 so i've been trying to purchase them but those two games will not let me purchase them um well no i could purchase panzer dragoon now because it's out of game pass so they're like well it works now and i'm like yeah it's out of game pass now it, now it works <laughs> it's like i don't get my discount it kind of defeats the purpose that on game pass well part of the perks so hmm. but who knows oh well two bucks Weird. Uh, but yeah, now I can purchase it. But I've been trying to move all my back, my physical disc games into digital so I can use all that quick resume and not have to get up and put the disc in. So, But looking forward to that next gen. Great show. Thanks for new to stop by and see you later. All right. All right. Then moving down the list, Centurion Buddy. Hey, always uh, <coughs> some good opinions, some. Uh, you know, good stuff. Uh, you know, why don't you tell everybody where you can find you? And hey, you know, shout out your latest video. Right. Thank you, Invader. Thank you, everyone here, especially to you, Noof. Um, and yeah, always the eccentric outburst from me. Um, <clears throat> so for those interested, please follow me on my YouTube channel. I did just release a video yesterday on Star Wars Squadrons. Kind of wanted to give my uh, first impressions of the game, but I also will have another video coming out tomorrow morning, shameless plug, to kind of 
um, show some people how to actually play xCloud on your television in the way um, Downer here was talking about. Um, kind of got it broken down to show you how to kind of look for the apps on your phone to make this possible. So yes, uh, in proper situations, you do have an Xbox uh, console in your pocket. But for all that, please follow me on YouTube, Centurion1307. Also, Twitter, Xbox Live, Centurion1307. You can also find me every Saturday night on the Shop Podcast and every Sunday night right here, annoying these fine gentlemen on the TXR Podcast. Damn right you're annoying. Jeez. Thanks. <laughs> you, know what's, you know who's annoying? Fucking Canadians are annoying. That's who they are. And hey. there goes some stuff. Uh, hey. Uh, hey. Hey, screw you, buddy. <laughs> You're not my buddy hey, guy. Canada. You're not my guy friend. Thanks. <laughs> He says that now until he moves to Canada when Trump loses. So. <laughs> wow. Oh, no, wait, wait. Trump, Trump voters are saying they're moving to Panama if he loses. That's where they're going. They're going to Canada. Cambodia. Panama. All right, guys. Of course, I'm Invader. You guys can find my content on YouTube at Invader Gaming. And I'm pretty active on Twitter at Invader underscore 1986. Of course, great show tonight. And we cannot wait to see you next Sunday. Take it easy, guys. Have a good one.